Praise the Lord. Good to be in Baytown this morning. Worship the Lord. Lift him up. Magnify his name today. Praise God. I, I don't feel as strong as I used to feel. And I kind of run out of steam a little quicker than I used to, but I want to do what God wants me to do. I remember something Brother Billy Cole said many years ago when he had flown for several hours and got in not too long before he got up to preach, and he was kind of groggy and tired, and he said, I feel like a Mack truck with a Volkswagen engine. <laughs> Sometimes that's kind of the way I feel, but... <laughs> I still want to do it, but my motor gets a little weak sometimes. <laughs> Praise God. But I love him this morning. I appreciate the presence of God, and I appreciate the opportunity. I appreciate Brother and Sister Grant, this church. This church means a lot to me. I love you people, and I love to come and be in service with you. And I probably won't take very long this morning, but I want to read from the book of Mark, the 16th chapter. Verse 16 through verse 20, familiar passage of Scripture that God began to deal with about a couple of months ago. And Mark, the 16th chapter, again reading verse number 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my na name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up to heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following them. So let's just look to the Lord for a moment. Worship Him right now. Lord, we thank You and we praise You today, God. We magnify Your name. We want You, Lord, to reach down and let Your will be done this morning. God, we praise You and we thank You. Praise God. You can be seated this morning. Now, I know this is a pastor scripture that everybody knows, and you've read it, no telling how many times, but for just a little bit this morning, I want to talk about those that believe. Those that believe. Now, I recognize that there is no doubt that if we want to see God work in our midst, we've got to believe. We've got to believe that He is and that He can do what His Word says that He can and will do. We've got to believe that. We can't expect our, uh, to just walk in church and sit down and fold our hands and say, All right, God, I'm here and I believe. Let's see what you can do. Well, He could do it. But He don't expect us to come in with that attitude and with that spirit. When we come into the house of God, we've got to believe something when we get here, before we get here. We can't just sit around and say, I believe, and expect God to do everything we can dream up in our mind. Praise God. I, I guess last week, week before, my granddaughter-in-law had her 
son at the doctor's office, and he's just turned two years old, and they had a little cartoon program going, and one of the little cartoon characters was preaching. And they were sitting there in the office, and there was 15, 20 people in there, and all at once, Jed said, Preach it, brother. Thank you, Jesus. And he turned around to his mom, and he said, He's a chain-breaking preacher. And everybody in the audience, they just stopped what they was doing and turned around looking at him. You know, sometimes we have to have that little child's attitude that it don't make a difference where we are. Sometimes we just need to say, thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You're able to reach down and do what you're able to do, and, we're, and we want to be in a place that we're ready to let him move no matter where we are, no matter what's going on, no matter how much the devil may be trying to tell you that you can't do that today. You can't live that way today. I don't know how many times I've had people tell me, you can't preach like you did 50 years ago. It won't work today like it back did back then. Let me tell you something. The God that I serve is the same God today that he was 50 50 years ago, God's not governed by the uh, governed by the rules and the regulations of the perfect. Uh, uh, you got to have everything politically correct, friend. It's time for the church to wake up and realize that we're serving the same God that they wrote about in this book right here that we believe in. Praise God! Praise God! Acts 1 and 8 tells us that we shall receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon us. And we shall become His witnesses. Praise God. You know, we like to get over in Acts 2.38 and we like to read where it says, Repent and be baptized to every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the rest and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And we like to emphasize that you shall real heavy. And I believe that. But you know what? This book of Mark says these signs shall follow those that believe. It didn't say they might or they could or it was possible. He said these signs shall follow them that believe. When we come into the house of God, we ought to come in looking around and looking. See, what's God fixing to do? What's about to happen? What's going to happen over on this side? Who's going to get touched on this side of the building? When we walk through the doors, we ought to have an expectancy. Lord, I believe you, and I believe that these signs shall follow them that believe. And when we believe in him, He's the one that takes care of the signs. Praise God. We don't have to make them up. We don't have to pick up some stories that we heard somebody else tell. We can talk about what the Word of God says. We can talk about how God's Word is forever settled in heaven. It's not a matter of we serve a God that used to do it. We serve a God that many years ago they saw miracles and they saw signs. The only reason they might have seen more than we do is maybe because they believed in them a little bit more than we do. Too many times we think, well, we're living in a modern day. And if you start talking about somebody just having receiving a miracle happening in their life, they're going to look at you and say, man, you're out of your mind. Those things don't happen today. But we serve the same God. And he said, I'm God yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm God. I change not. We can't expect to live for God and expect the miracles and the signs. If in the back of our head we're thinking we can't do that today. 
You know, in the second chapter of Acts, verses 40, 42 through verse 46, and I'm not going to read them, but just a little, uh, they uh, tells us a little bit what the apostles did. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking of bread and in prayers. And they continued daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Praise God. We don't have to wait till Sunday morning to get the Holy Ghost. We don't have to wait till Sunday morning to receive a, a miracle from God. He said they continued and daily he was added to the church. Uh, when we believe in him and we have faith and confidence in God, we're at, we don't have to wait till we're in a church service. Uh, I know it's a whole lot easier to come to the house of God when you've got everybody around you and you're praying and they're praying and you're praying and everybody's believing together. But every once in a while, you're going to find yourself in a place uh, where it's you and God. And if anybody touches God, it's going to have to be you. And we need to have that confidence in God. God, that I believe in you, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Praise God. Oh, the apostles worked together to see the kingdom of God grow. You know, they wasn't worried about who, who got to pray, who got to preach, who got to tell somebody about what God was able to do. They just all did it together. When one said it, the others backed him up. Praise God. Peter didn't stand up by himself on the day of Pentecost and proclaim uh, the message of, of salvation. The Bible said they stood up together. Praise God. They were all in one accord and one mind and one, one faith believing what God was able to do. And when we come into the house of God, whether we've all met together and verbally agreed, we ought to come in with one mind and one accord. I believe in the God that I'm serving. I believe in the God that reached down and saved me from sin. I believe in the God that said these signs shall follow them that believe. And as long as I'm believing in Him... I can expect God to do miracles for me. Praise God. You know, the miracle of salvation don't end when you get the Holy Ghost, according to Acts 2.38. That's just the beginning. That's a starting point. If when the child was born in this world and we see them delivered and we see them clothed and laying in a, a bed in the nursery, that's not the end of their life. You don't expect them to stay in that bed for the rest of their life. You don't expect them to lay there a little baby for the rest of their life. They're going to grow. And when a child, when somebody's born in the kingdom of God and they start this life, uh, that's just the starting place. Uh, when they wake up tomorrow morning, they're going to be hungry. They're going to want something. That baby's not going to lay there. It's not going to wait from morning to morning to get something to eat. Uh, and when a child of God, we can't expect uh, the only time we eat is when we come to the house of God and we walk through the doors and we hear a message preached uh, and we go home and we don't come back and hear anything else until Wednesday night. 
tonight. And that's all we're trying to live on. You're not going to make it very far. But there's a word. There's God's word that you can pick up. And you can begin to read it on a daily basis. And you can begin to talk to other people about it from day to day. And while you're talking to them, you're going to receive something. You're going to receive some strength. You're going to receive some instruction from God that's going to let you know that I'm still a God and I still allow the signs to follow them that believe in me. Praise God. And after we started, after that spiritual birth, and we start growing, we expect things. I, I can remember as a child when, and I can remember my children, they didn't, you know, they didn't expect the same thing every day. You know, they didn't want just, you know, you might get away with buying them a $10 gift when they're a year old or maybe less. And when they get 15, they don't want a $10 gift like they got when they was a year old. And the older they get, the more expensive the gifts get. <laughs> but, but you know what? We don't give them to them. And just say, here, you take that and be glad you got it. Sometimes in the back of our mind, that may be the way we feel, but that's not the way we give it. And, you know, God don't give us the Holy Ghost and say, look, I gave you this. Now, sit down, shut up, and be glad you got it. When he gave it to us, he expected us to use it. Praise God. He expected us to do with it what he intended for it to be used for. And when he said, you shall receive the Holy Ghost, and he said, you're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. I don't know if anybody's ever received anything that was powerful that just sat in the corner and didn't want to try to find out how it worked. <laughs> you know, you, you get you a new four-wheel drive. You don't go park it up in the garage and say, I ain't going to get it muddy. I'm not going to take it out and try it out and see if it'll do what they say it'll do. You probably won't make it home from buying it until you've run through a mud hole with it somewhere because you want to find out how, how it makes it through the mud. And in our walk with God, when we read what he's able to do, we ought not leave the church and head home and think, well, when I get back to church, I'm going to try this out and see how it works. No, we ought to try it out on the way home. Well, let somebody else know, hey, I just got something that changed my life, that made a difference in me, uh, that changed the way I think, that changed the way I act, that changed the way I live. Uh, friend, when we allow God to reach down and lead us, um, you know, in the book of Acts, it gives us an introduction to Saul of Tarsus, who later became known as Paul. Now, as he was going about, doing all the things that he was doing, and he was doing it with the blessings of the, of the church of his day that he went to, and he thought he was doing everything that God wanted him to do. Now, he was a very educated man, and he thought he was doing the will of God. Now, he was defending the Mosaic law as he understood it. But all at once while he was on his way, to do what he thought was right, there was that bright light that shined around him and that voice that he heard. And immediately when he was laying on the ground, it's always amazed me that the first words he spoke was, Who art thou, Lord? He didn't say, What is this light? What happened? What was that voice I heard? But he said, Who art thou, Lord? 
And the Lord didn't say, hey, uh, just get up and go on. Everything will be all right someday. He gave him some directions. He told him what to do. He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, and it's hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he gave him instructions to where to go and what he needed to do. So Saul got up with the help of those around him, and they carried him to where uh, the voice told him to go. And you know, the, the amazing part of this story about Saul is that when God spoke to Ananias and told him what to do, he wasn't quite as willing as Saul was. Because he said, wait a minute, Lord. I've heard about Saul. I know what he's doing. You know, he, he's destroying people that follow you. He's casting them in prison. He's putting them to death. He's doing, are you sure you want me to go where he's at? You know what? If God tells you to go there, he's got a reason. Praise God. If God tells you to go there, you don't have to worry about where you're going or who you're going to see when you get there. Your main concern is doing what God told you to do, and he'll take care of the rest of it. Because when he got there and he did what God told him to do and he laid his hands on Saul and began to pray for him and Saul immediately received his sight and he took, a, he took the instructions that he was given. He understood the things that was being told him and he made up his mind. I've got to stop doing what I was doing and I've got to change the way I'm living for God. And it changed his life. He became a new creature. He changed every, it changed everything about him. But you, you cannot read on, and, and, and uh, Paul write, did a lot of writing about the things that he did and where he went and the, the uh, converts that he won and, and how God blessed him and used him. And, but you, I've always liked to read when he went to Athens and he preached, and he preached, uh, uh, one, one man said, one of the most educated messages that was ever preached with the least results of any message that was ever preached. But he preached to them, and they rejected him. That wasn't what they wanted to hear. But somewhere between Athens and Greece, Paul changed the way he was preaching. I mean, between Athens and Corinth. When he got to Corinth, he didn't come in telling them how smart he was and all the things that God had revealed to him. But he said, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. I didn't come to show you how how much I know about the Word of God. He said, but I can't, not with excellency of speech nor of wisdom. He said, I came declaring unto you the testimony of God. He said, for I'm determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He said, and I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And when we come to the house of God, it's not a matter of how many long words we can use or how much we can impress somebody with how much we know. But when we come into the house of God and we can stand up and take this book and we can preach the Word of God, not with enticing words of men's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the power and the Spirit of God, when we come to the house of God, we ought to come in expecting to see a miracle. We ought to come in expecting somebody 
somebody to receive their healing, expecting someone to uh, deaf ears to be unstopped, uh, blind eyes to be opened, uh, for God to be able to reach down and perform a miracle in our midst uh, because we believe in Him. And He said, These signs shall follow them that believe. Friend, we need to be a church today that we come in with our mind made up. I'm not here just because everybody else is here. I'm not here to look around and see what you're doing. What I'm looking for is what the power of the Holy Ghost is doing. I want to see a demonstration of the power and the Spirit of God. I want to see God reach down and perform miracles. I want to see blind eyes open. I want to see deaf ears unstopped. I want to see the lame get up and leap and walk and praise God. Friend, because the same God that did it then is the same God that can do it today. And He does it for the people that believe and are called according to His purpose. Friend, when we feel the power of the Holy Ghost begin to move in our life, we ought to stand up immediately and begin to worship Him because we don't know what He's working on the inside of our neighbor next to us. Praise God. You know, Paul was one of the smartest men to write in the New Testament. And when he turned around and he started walking the way God wanted him to walk, he didn't look back. Too many times people look around to see how it's going to go. We had still there in Dripping Springs, a man that's a little over 90 years old, and his wife was baptized here a few weeks ago, and we're talking to him about being baptized, and he said, well, I think I'll wait and see how she turns out. <laughs> You're 90 years old, you may not want to wait too long. But, you know, that's, that's the way a lot of people are. They come to church and they see God do a miracle for one person and say, well, I want to wait and see how that works. I want, to see, I want to wait and see whether he does it for them. I want to wait and see what happens in their life. Friend, God's able to take care of you. He's able to take care of me. Praise God. He, he's able to take care of us individually. It's not a matter of, of, of who we are or where we come from or, or how, how smart we are and, and all the things where we preached or where we went to church or what we've known. Friend, it's a matter of how much we trust in God, how much we believe in Him, how much do we want to see God move in our lives. Uh, praise God. When we're in the church uh, with signs and wonders happening, uh, we can expect miracles. We can expect to see it. Uh, when we can when we can t open our mouths and tell people, I go to a church where they have signs and wonders and miracles. Uh, I go to a church where the power of the Holy Ghost moves in uh, and takes over and let His Spirit reach down and move. Uh, it'll make a difference in your testimony. It'll make a difference when you can tell somebody, I'm not telling you something I'm heard. I'm telling you something I know. Uh, I'm there. I've seen it happen. Uh, I've felt His Spirit move. Uh, I've seen God perform miracles. Uh, and I've seen him change lives praise God and we're in that church today we are that church that has signs and wonders because we believe in the one that said he would perform them and when we make up our mind I'm not going to sit down on the side and 
wait and see what somebody else is going to do. I'm not going to wait and see whether God heals this one over here. If I need something from God, I've got to make an effort to put myself in a place where God can do something for me. And if you want something bad enough, you're not going to wait around for somebody else. You know, the little woman that came to Jesus with the issue of blood, she had every reason in the world to say there's no need for me to even try. The crowd's too big. I can't make it through. But the Bible said she pressed her way through the crowd. I don't know whether I've heard people say that she might have had to get down and crawl to get through some of it. But she had a need. And she knew if she got that need met, she had to touch him. And friend, when we come into the house of God and we've got a need, we've got to have the same mindset that she had. I've got to touch him. I've got to get in his presence. I've got to present myself. I can't wait for him to do it for somebody else and hope because he did it for them, it'll fall over on me. If I need it, I've got to go after it myself. Praise God. It's not a matter of who it is or where they came from, but whether they're willing to allow God to reach down and move and touch their life. You know, Stephen, when he was stoned, and a lot of people, I've heard people say, well, why didn't Stephen just ask God to just reach down and rain stones down on them? Instead, he said, forgive them. You know, sometimes when people treat us wrong, the best thing to do is just say, Lord, forgive them. in a place one time that there was a little group of people that came to that church that there wasn't a preacher walked on this earth that would have pleased them. It didn't make any difference what you preached. They didn't like it. They could tell you what they wanted to hear and you could preach that to them and you didn't do it right. Nothing going to please them. And a man asked me one time, he said, how do you get up and preach every service knowing that group's sitting there and that's the way they think? Because I've got twice that many or more that don't feel that way, that don't look that way, and don't act that way. And I could go back to that church today and preach and it wouldn't bother me one bit whether they liked it or whether they don't like it. I didn't do it for them. I did it because God laid it on my heart. God gave it to me. And when we'll make up our mind that I'm going to obey God, whether people like it or they don't like it. You know what? People is not going to be the one that judges you when you stand before God. People's not the ones you're going to have to answer for when you get there and, and you've done what you're supposed to do. Praise God. But we serve a God today. That's a miracle working God. Let's stand together. If you've got a need this morning and you need a touch from God, you're in a place where signs and wonders follow them that believe. Praise God.
said, you're in a building where signs and wonders follow those that believe. So if you got a need this morning and you want to bring it to him, he's here to answer and supply your need. Praise God. If you'd like to come down to the front and pray and you've got a need from him, he's here. He's able to perform miracles if we give him the opportunity, give him the chance. But if you've got a need, you can't expect somebody else to go down and get prayed for so you can get your need met. You've got to take those steps and come to him. Praise God. Lord bless you this morning. Lord bless you.